Thank you for joining the US Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri River Basin Water Management Conference call and webinar. Those invited to attend include congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, emergency managers, local levy sponsors, and the media. Nearly 900 invitations are sent for this call each month. We recently held our public meetings and we'll provide the information on that as well. My name is Eileen Williamson and I will be moderating today's call. Slides from today's call are available on our website at www.nwd-mr.usace.army.mil slash rcc and linked in today's press release. These calls are recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution System at www.nwd.usace.army.mil slash mrwm under public meetings. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. For the convenience of our media representatives, the final slide in this presentation includes each speaker's name, title, and contact information. The lines have been placed on mute, so when we get to the question and answer period to unmute your line to ask a question, you'll need to press star six or use the unmute function either on your computer screen or your phone or both. And uh, please state your name and the organization that you represent before asking your question. Do not place your call on mute or on hold, excuse me, to um, go on mute. And if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function. Today's agenda includes Doug Cluck from the NOAA Climate Center, Kevin Lau from the Missouri Basin River Forecast Center, Missouri River Water Management staff, with the runoff forecast and reservoir regulation details. And with that, I will turn it over to Doug Cluck. Thank you uh, very much. And thanks to the Corps to, uh, on inviting me and Kevin to this, uh, to this monthly call. Uh, I'm gonna go over the, if we can start with the first slide, or second slide, actually, that's just me. Um, I do work for NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. More specifically, in case anybody really cares, the National Centers for Environmental Information within that. So we keep tabs on the climate and uh, can report things like this to a lot of folks as is happening, so to speak. Um, there have been some changes, and that's a good thing. Um, since the last time we had this call anyway, I think that was in March, and we were uh, um, looking at a uh, pretty desperate situation. Uh, I'm not saying we're still not desperate in some places, but uh, I'm gonna say that very recent, uh, I'll say precipitation activity has helped some. Um, so this is looking back 90 days to more or less the beginning of February. And on the left, you see the uh, 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 departure from normal in terms of temperature. And we've seen uh, slightly below normal uh, in most places and greatly below normal uh, temperatures as you go further to the north and east, a little bit, well, just outside really most of the Missouri Basin. But for the most part, the Missouri Basin uh, area has been below normal in terms of temperatures uh, for the last 30 or 90 days uh, once it's averaged all out. Uh, on the precipitation side, it's important to understand that this uh, these maps 
sort of ended, uh, let's see, today's the fifth, two days ago. So it doesn't incorporate all the precipitation uh, that has happened over the last 24 to 48 hours. So keep that in mind. Uh, percent of normal precipitation, four, but still, we're still looking at a 90-day period here. Um, we're even with that precipitation because I have it up on a different screen, just kind of looking at things. We're still sort of lacking in terms of the longer term, as we all should uh, expect, uh, for precipitation in the basin. Now, the more brown, red uh, type colors you see are where we're seeing below normal precipitation or have seen below normal precipitation up through uh, May 3rd. And when you see the green and purples and blues, we're, we're above, in some cases, well above normal. But most of that is confined over the last 90 days to North Dakota. Um, there are places in South Dakota and places in uh, portions of um, uh, Montana and a bit in Wyoming that, that have been above. But, but really, that, that's the minority of the region. Next slide. <clears throat> Looking at the latest 30 days, uh, quite, quite a change here. Just looking at the 30 days in terms of normal or normal temperatures first on the left-hand screen or left-hand uh, graphic, uh, you see much below normal temperatures up to uh, if I can read that correctly, eight um, uh, 10 degrees uh, up to 10 degrees below normal where they've had a series of blizzards and uh, really just cold cold temperatures, which um, oddly enough are somewhat expected during a La Nina year. Uh, that's what we, we talk about El Nino and La Nina a lot, and sometimes it actually comes true <laughs> in terms of temperatures and precipitation. So uh, temperatures have been, again, for the most part, below to well below normal uh, in, in, we'll just say April. Uh, looking at uh, the precipitation a little more closely, um, you're seeing uh, areas that have gotten worse, like portions of Col eastern Colorado, Kansas, uh, maybe southwest Nebraska, and maybe far northern uh, Montana, but uh, also areas have gotten a little bit better, more south and definitely North Dakota in terms of percent of uh, their normal uh, precipitation. And that sort of line straddling Wyoming and, and Montana. Um, quite a few storm systems have come through and dumped uh, appreciable amounts of snow and, uh, and rain uh, most recently. So much so that the Red River, uh, obviously not in our basin, uh, is, in, is, is having some major problems. Next slide. Okay, just overview uh, from a model point of view. Uh, uh, there's a lot of inputs to this to give you some idea of, uh, of soil moisture, which is something we're going to have to overcome before flows sort of get back to normal again. And this takes time and it takes, uh, it takes several precipitation events over a long period of time to usually get the soil moisture levels, if you will, back up to, 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 to a, an appreciable level that we have, if you will, normal runoff. Um, wherever you see kind of that yellow and uh, darker red colors, it's, it's, it's worse. And wherever you see green, it's wet. Okay, so dry, red, green, uh, uh, wet. And just like we just talked about, Red River up there, sort of almost focused on the Red River in, in a way, um, really having um, a wet time um, recently. And the soil, soils, for the most part, remain dry. Now, at the surface, if you just had rain, it's going to be wet. But you go down a foot, you'll be talking to people who's, who are digging post holes and things like that. They'll say, yeah, the surface, uh, four to six inches is pretty wet. 
but it's dry as a bone and powdery beneath that. So that's what I'm talking about in terms of improving the soil moisture over a long period of time and over a, a, an expansive area. Okay, next slide. <clears throat> so here's the outlook for the total amount of precipitation that we should be seeing and I should probably change that. To, I should have changed that to May 12th. Anyway, through the morning of May 12th. All right. So that's about a week from now. Uh, that's an accumulation of precipitation, several storm period, or I'm, I'm not actually sure, but probably a couple different storm uh, storms moving through to cause all of this precipitation during this period. Um, again, the closer you get or the darker reds and purples um, mean more precipitation and, and blues for that matter. So blue to red and all that, where you see white and light green, that's pretty negligible precipitation. So Western Nebraska, Colorado, Southern uh, Wyoming, um, not a lot, and even Western uh, Kansas, really not a lot of hope in terms of substantial precipitation. As you move east, though, Eastern part of the basin and portions of the Northern basin, it does look like there'll be an active, uh, active uh, storms storms during this period, um, which is good for part of the, that part of the basin anyway. Um, what else do I want to say about this? Oh, the other thing I want to say about May and really June is we should be getting this kind of precipitation during this time of year. If we don't get it, uh, we're even worse trouble than we already are in, in terms of drought. Okay, so um, May, June are super important in terms of overall precipitation for us all. We should expect uh, uh, good precipitation in a normal year. Now, let's move on to other outlooks. Uh, so, um, this is a mostly good uh, view of week two. That means May 12th through the 18th, not this next seven days, but the seven days following that. So, we're looking out a ways. Uh, we're going to see a, a, a big warm up next week, and that's going to continue for the most part through the second week. Uh, but some colder air coming in to the west. Okay, so uh, below normal, you see below normal temperatures forecast on the left-hand graphic there uh, across the almost the entire west. Again, I'm not gonna say it's a bad thing. Uh, if we can accumulate a little more snow, I know if you live out there, it's kind of dreary, but uh, if we can accumulate more snow and dump a little more uh, precipitation generally, that's good. Right-hand graphic shows that, um, most of the basin, for the most part, shows the likelihood of above normal precipitation during that week two period. We do want to see that. We want to see this continuance of uh, precipitation. We don't want the spigot to shut off uh, when it's supposed to be raining in May and June for sure. Um, we'll probably have plenty of that as we get into the summer. Let's move on. Um, here's a look at May, um, the rest of May, if you will. Um, I think they've pegged it pretty well in terms of temperatures being sort of below the, the probability of temperatures being below normal to the north, where you see the blue colors on the left hand graphic and sort of warmish as you move to the south southwest. Um, this is indicative of a La Nina pattern. This is not overly surprising to see um, as as we move into as we move through May uh, precipitation again looks positive. In terms of, uh, you know, we're not having a major, well, it's not positive for the Red River Valley, don't get me wrong, but it is positive for most of the Missouri River uh, Basin, which needs uh, precipitation generally across uh, across the area. Note, though, that the below normal stripe, if you will, 
um, isn't too far away. And the fluctuation here could, I mean, there could be a, a fluctuation of a few hundred miles, um, which is pretty common uh, when these things, uh, when these things actually materialize during the, during the month. So, so at the further south and west you go, uh, worse conditions get. I'll just put it that way in terms of recovery uh, for from drought. Next slide. Looking at uh, a three-month period. Now this is averaged out over three months. Doesn't mean. May, June, and July are all going to be the same way. It just means when you average all three months out, uh, this is what we think is going to happen. Okay, so left-hand graphic, not great. We don't want above normal temperatures because that means a lot more evaporation, a lot more trans, uh, evapotranspiration, meaning plants and everything else are shedding water as fast as they can. Um, the other thing we don't want to see is that bullseye of, 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 of dryness probability above the normal probability of, of drier than normal conditions across, again, most of the basin, except for North Dakota, uh, eastern Montana, on the right-hand graphic there. Um, let me, okay, yeah, let's go to the next slide. Um, and again, pretty much the same thing, June, July, August, uh, this time, this would be the summer, we'll just say the summer. Uh, don't want to see a heat dome sort of create itself over the West, like this is sort of indicating uh, may happen. Now, those are probabilities. Uh, you know, if we say there's a, a, a 60 or 70% probability, it still means there's also a 40 and 30% probability it's not going to happen, which is, you know, it's pretty sizable too. So anyway, um, right now we're looking at heat across the nation, but mainly uh, focused in the West. Um, um, and 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 a, a large portion of that in the in the Missouri Valley as a Missouri Basin, as a matter of fact. The even worse indication here is that we'll have below normal uh, temp or precipitation during that period over the entire basin. I hope hope we're really wrong. You know, I, I hope this is one of those times where you can say, "Oh, good, those guys were wrong um, about their seasonal forecast." We 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 in many cases we we don't like to put this stuff up, but it's what it's what we're being told. Next slide. Here's a drought update. This does include, well, it includes uh, some of the precipitation that's happened more, more recently. Um, the image on the left is the current drought situation as of this week. Okay, it was released this morning, this, this drought map. Um, you still see areas in Nebraska uh, with a D3, meaning that red area, and in Montana and bits of Wyoming. Um, and D2 is nothing, um, is is not is substantial is covers a substantial area of the basin as well. Um, those are all levels of drought uh, severity, if you will. And um, but most most of the basin is under some sort of drought, so we're still hurting, and we we need to see these May and June, rain, May and June rains materialize. Um, the change to the map, that map on the left, is on the right. So it, where you see green colors. It's gotten better, not gone. It doesn't, it doesn't mean it's gone. It just means it's gotten better in terms of drought um, amelioration is the fancy word to say, or drought uh, uh, sort of diminishing. Where you see yellow, however, over the last 12 weeks is where drought has gotten worse by uh, various categories. So the darker the hue there, um, the worse the degradation of the, uh, uh, of the drought situation. Next, next and probably last slide. 
nope, it's it's not the last light. Anyway, um, here's the drought outlook uh, through the end of July. You can see that the, the the forecasters in this case pared back drought substantially across uh, almost the entire basin, really. Uh, again, I'll cross my fingers, hope this comes true, but I will say, I will say, I will, uh, uh, when is our next seasonal? Our next seasonal outlook comes out in uh, on uh, May 19th. I would wait until then to make any decisions based upon this map. That's all I'll say about it, other than um, uh, it, it, it has a, <laughs> this is a lot of pairing back and there's a lot of expectation for rains and uh, precipitation basically to occur for that to happen. And we'll see, uh, I'll keep my fingers crossed. Um, then the final slide, and I think it's a summary. Yeah, so we're hanging on to La Nina this year through the summer. Uh, we don't know if that's gonna hang into the fall or not yet, uh, but La Nina is what we've had the last few years. And it tends to have, a, 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 at least in the southern part of the basin, uh, southern and western part of the basin, it tends to have a dry and warm uh, uh, aspect to it during, uh, well, all year round, but really in the summer uh, as well, spring and summer. Um, so La Nina is not necessarily our friend. Uh, mountain snowpack uh, certainly was better than last, or last, actually, say two months ago when we, we showed that, probably better than last month too, because we've had some substantial snowpack in there. Maybe Kevin will mention that a little bit more. Uh, recent precip has helped, but we, we still have a long way to go. And, and of course, drought has already done a lot of impacts and it'll take a long time for, to recovery, in some, for recovery in some places. Um, short term, it's kind of a, temperatures are sort of a mixed bag. There's going to be some warmth and that's going to be realized in the eastern part of the basin, uh, cooler moving into the, to the west. Uh, precipitation is slightly favors above normal. That's good. Long term, um, not so good. Above normal temperatures and drier than normal conditions are what the uh, current outlooks say. Again, that'll be updated on the 19th of May. We'll see what it says. Uh, we don't want to lose any more ground to drought. So um, uh, keep your fingers crossed and uh, hope that we continue this, uh, if you will, uh, wet period uh, that we should be experiencing this time of year, because this is a wet time of year uh, for most areas. And there is the uh, link and everything else. If you ever want to get on to that webinar, let me know, um, doug.clock at noah.gov, and I'll, uh, I'll hook you up. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. And next we will go to Kevin. All righty. Thank you, Eileen. Can you hear me okay? Just fine. Okay, great. All righty. Well, like Doug said, uh, on behalf of NOAA and for me, on behalf of the National Weather Service, I wish to thank the Corps for the invite to participate on these calls. Um, so snowpack conditions. Oh, you can go to the next slide there, Eileen. Thank you. Uh, snowpack conditions in the uh, upper Missouri above Fort Peck and in the Yellowstone are getting close, uh, I think, to their seasonal peak accumulation. A cold and wet April has uh, slowed the, uh, the melt in the upper elevations. And as Doug mentioned, uh, it's also actually provided some additional snowpack in the higher elevations. Uh, a little late. Uh, snow accumulation there. So um, we're just now getting to the to the seasonal peak accumulation, I believe, there in the upper Missouri and the Yellowstone. Uh, 
uh, current snow water equivalent. That's the liquid that's contained in the pack in both the upper Missouri and the Yellowstone still remain though below the average 30 year peak that typically occurs in April. So we're still below average for the upper Missouri and the Yellowstone mountain snowpack. Uh, the North and South Platte mountain snowpack, they are also nearing their seasonal accumulated peak. Uh, this year's North Platte snow water equivalent is close to the 30 year average. Uh, while the South Platte snowpack is peaking well below the 30 year average. So of all the mountainous areas, the North Platte is uh, closest to being about normal. Um, there are no flooding concerns at this time due to the expected mountain snow, uh, snow melt uh, going forward. The May water supply forecasts that are developed by the National Weather Service uh, were issued uh, this past Monday, three days ago, and the latest water supply outlook for the period May through September indicate a much below normal mountain runoff year for all of the mountains with the exception of the North Platte. North Platte, the May through September runoff is expected to be near the 30-year average. But again, for most of the mountains, we are below. April, is, as Doug mentioned, April was a very wet month for the state of North, uh, North Carolina, North Dakota, and for the extreme northern area of South Dakota. Uh, there was a late season snow in mid-April that placed anywhere from two to four inches of snow water equivalent. Again, that's the amount of water that's contained in the pack so it, it laid down two to four inches over uh, the Dakotas. And then that was then followed by a couple of uh, uh, systems of heavy rain. So uh, the wet April has led to a continued flood threat, not only along the Red River, which is not in our basin, but also within the James River Basin. And uh, our concern is primarily in the South Dakota reach. Uh, we currently do have uh, moderate level flooding occurring uh, in the Columbia, South Dakota reach, and flooding to some degree is likely to occur um, from Columbia all the way down through Mitchell as this water slowly routes its way downstream. So I would not be surprised if we have uh, a few more locations along the middle reach of the James River there in South Dakota go into flood as we uh, get to the end of May. As expected, uh, as advertised, there have been several rounds of, of flooding to occur in the lower basin, primarily uh, in the state of Missouri. In fact, uh, even today, we have ongoing flooding along some of the uh, smaller tributaries in Eastern Kansas and in the state of Missouri. Uh, the graphic that you see here on my one slide shows the locations as well as the severity of the flood risk over the next 90 days through the end of July. And so on again, off again, flooding will occur in the lower basin, lower basin meaning Eastern Kansas, the state of Missouri, a little bit of uh, Southeastern Nebraska and Southern Iowa over the next three months. And thunderstorm activity drives this sort of flooding in the in the lower basin and it's typical it's we have a typical risk 
again in 2022 for this to occur. Um, but for most of the basin, most of the Missouri River Basin, though, uh, the flood risk for 2022 is very much reduced due to the ongoing drought that Doug uh, mentioned. The latest uh, drought monitor, again, as Doug said, was released this morning, and it shows in excess of 70% of the Missouri Basin remaining in some category of drought. And so from a flood perspective, uh, you might say that's good news. So thank you. That concludes the National Weather Service flood potential brief. Thank you, Kevin. And I will turn the call over to John Remus and then he will uh, pass it to the rest of his staff. John? Thank you, Arlene. Uh, thank you and uh, thank you to Kevin Lau and Doug Cluck for their insights. Uh, it's always very helpful. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. Our office is responsible for regulating the Missouri River Main Stem Reservoir System. I will provide some general remarks and then I will turn the discussion over to my senior staff for more detailed information. <clears throat> I want to again assure everyone in the basin that the Corps of Engineers remains fully committed to our flood risk reduction mission, protecting people and businesses when we can from significant flood events that pose a threat to human health and safety. Floods can and will occur regardless of basin or system conditions. This includes ice-induced flooding during the spring, or excuse me, during the winter freeze-in and the spring breakup, which is past us now. Uh, with the mild weather and ongoing drought, the risk of widespread systemic flooding is relatively low. Also, widespread thunderstorms in the lower Missouri River Basin can and do occur as Doug, uh, as Doug and uh, Kevin said, uh, runoff from these large storms in the lower basin cannot always be mitigated by the operation of the main stem reservoirs. Further, it is important to understand that the volume, timing, and location at which runoff enters the system significantly impacts the timing and amount of releases from the reservoirs. Each runoff season or flooding event is unique. Care should be taken when comparing one event to another. <clears throat> The 2022 upper basin runoff forecast uh, is forecasted to be below average. Ryan Larson and Mike Swenson will provide more details as to how this will likely impact operate, operations of the system. But basically, we are anticipating continuing our water conservation measures throughout 2022 and probably longer. The conservation measures are reduced flow support to navigation and minimal, minimum winter releases. The Corps of Engineers understands the importance of the Missouri River in providing water for irrigation, municipal, and industrial uses throughout the basin. We try to operate the system to meet the water supply requirements of the basin to the extent reasonably possible. There is presently and will be adequate water in the reservoirs and in the river reaches between the reservoirs and below the system to serve all of the water supply needs. I want to remind everyone that the Corps of Engineers does not provide or guarantee access to the water. Maintaining access to the water is the individual facility owner or operator's responsibility. We will continue to monitor the river, the river conditions and weather forecasts and make operational adjustments to the extent possible. We will continue to meet our statutory obligations to operate the Missouri River Mainstream Reservoir System for its authorized purposes, as described in the Master Water Control Manual. We will also comply with all federal laws 
and the provisions of the 2018 Biological Opinion. I want to again remind everyone that there will not be a flow test from Fort Peck in 2022. The Corps of Engineers remains committed to compliance with the 2000 Biological Opinion, including the Fort Peck flow test. The runoff forecast and projected pool elevations that Ryan Larson and Mike Swenson will be discussing are based on the best available information. Actual conditions may be different. This concludes my initial remarks. Thank you very much. I will now turn the discussion over to Ryan Larson. Um, I'm on slide 17. The 2022 calendar year runoff forecast, which is highlighted in red, was lowered since our last meeting to 17.8 million acre feet 69% of average for the upper Missouri River Basin above Sioux City, Iowa. If realized, this runoff amount would be between a lower decile and lower quartile runoff or the 23rd driest in the historical record. I am now on slide 18. The below average runoff forecast for 2022 reflects current drier than normal soil moisture in the upper basin and below average plains and mountain snowpack. As seen on this slide, we saw below average runoff during March and April when we typically see the plains snow melt, and we are expecting below average runoff during the next three months when we typically see the mountain snow melt. Moving to slide 19. The late spring, spring blizzard and several rain events brought much above average precipitation to northern portions of the basin, as mentioned earlier. This graphic depicts the percent of normal precipitation during April. The purple shading indicates 200 to 400% of normal precipitation across much of North Dakota and Northern South Dakota. Moving to slide 20. The much above average precipitation that occurred during April improved soil moisture conditions in North Dakota and Northern South Dakota, as depicted in the graphic on the left. Despite soil moisture conditions improving in portions of the basin, Drier than normal soil moisture conditions remain much over much of the basin, as shown in the graphic on the right. Now moving to slide 21. As more stations in the upper Missouri River Basin Monitoring Network come online, we can start using the data to improve various products, such as the modeled soil moisture that was shown on the previous slide. The graphic on the left depicts soil moisture at five depths, two inches to 40 inches below the surface, for the station near Carrington, North Dakota. Beginning with the top plot, the blue line shows the soil moisture at a depth of two inches. Notice the sharp increase in soil moisture on April 20th when the plain snow from the April blizzard began to melt. You can also see several other sharp increases from additional snow melt and rain events occurring on April 25th and April 29th. As you move to deeper depths or down in the graphic, Increases in soil moisture become more gradual and require more precipitation over longer durations. I am now on slide 22. The mountain snowpack appeared to have peaked in late April, but recent storms and cooler temperatures have resulted in additional snowpack accumulation. Snow over the weekend increased the SWE in both reaches, with the snowpack in the above Fort Peck and Fort Peck to Garrison reaches currently at 86% and 95% of their normal peak, respectively. In summary, the 2022 calendar year runoff forecast is 17.8 million acre feet, 69% of average. I will now turn it over to Mike. Okay, thanks, Ryan. Uh, Gavin's Point releases averaged 24,200 CFS in April. 
releases are currently at 19,000 CFS and will likely remain at that rate for a few days before gradually increasing. Flows will be adjusted as needed to meet the downstream targets. Uh, moving on to slide 24. Slide 24 shows the system storage is currently at 48.3 million acre feet, 7.8 million acre feet below the base of the annual flood control zone. With respect to the monthly simulations or monthly studies, the basic simulation uses the runoff forecast that Ryan just discussed. Due to the amount of variability in precipitation and other hydrologic factors that can occur over the next several months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the, on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other simulations is posted on our webpage. Moving on to slide 25 and looking at the upper three reservoirs, Fort Peck, Garrison, and Oahe are currently 11.4, 9.2, and 12.4 feet below the base of their respective flood control pools. As shown on the basic forecast, Fort Peck Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 22-23, which is just slightly higher than its current elevation. Peak releases are expected to average about 8,500 CFS this summer. Garrison Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1831, about three feet higher than its current elevation. Peak releases are expected to average about 19,000 CFS this summer. Oahe Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1597, about two feet higher than its current elevation. Peak releases are expected to average about 27,000 CFS this summer. Although it's desirable to have the three upper reservoirs rise during the spring forage fish spawn, runoff so far this spring has been insufficient for that. Under the basic forecast, Garrison and Oahe Reservoirs do rise during May but this will be dependent on timing and distribution of runoff. Uh, moving on to the next slide. Slide 26 details the master manual system storage checks. The service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and in combination with the bank stabilization and navigation project to help provide the downstream navigation channel. We are currently providing minimum service flow support based on the March 15th storage check. For the minimum service level on the basic simulation, Gavin's Point monthly average releases range from approximately 24,000 CFS to 28,000 CFS. Releases will depend on downstream conditions and will be reduced in response to downstream flooding. However, the effectiveness of the reservoir system to reduce peak stages along the lower river diminishes as you move downstream due to the travel time. The service level for the remainder of the navigation season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1st system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support for navigation would be at minimum service after the July 1st storage check, and there would be a shortening of the normal eight-month navigation flow support season of about two weeks. Next slide. Annual generation at the main stem dams under the basic simulation is 7.3 billion kilowatt hours. 
The long-term average is 9.4 billion kilowatt hours. And the last slide in here is uh, slide 28, which shows the Missouri River Basin weekly update, which is found on our website at the address shown on the top of the slide. This webpage gives a general overview of the current conditions in the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. Thank you, that concludes my remarks. Uh, I'll turn it back to you, Eileen. Our next update will be June 9th at one o'clock. Again, these are the names and uh, contact information for our speakers from today. Um, we'll go through the question and answer period, uh, alphabetical order by state. Please state your name and organization uh, before asking your question. You'll need to press star six to come off mute, or if you um, happen to have used your computer to dial in, you may uh, be enduring the double mute, which means you've been muted on your computer and potentially your phone as well. So just make sure that you're not double muted. Um, I do, before we jump into that, I did have one question that, uh, couple, two questions that were submitted online. And so I'm gonna go ahead and ask those first. Um, one of them, these are both for John. Um, they come out of Kansas City, and there's an ex. Uh, the question is um, to explain to the Kansas City audience what it means when they've visibly seen so much rain uh, with respect to drought conditions and the drought report. Um, how does that? How does that translate to the Kansas City area when they have been seeing so much rain? I'm not real sure I understand the question, but uh, the drought is, uh, mon uh, is is something that we watch throughout the entire basin, and our uh, operations uh, at the, the the project are based on uh, right now hitting navigation targets from Sioux City at Sioux City, Iowa, uh, Sioux City, Iowa, Omaha, Nebraska, Nebraska City, Nebraska, and Kansas City. Um, we adjust those our flows to meet those targets. If we're getting rain in the lower basin, we will have less release because we need less release to meet those targets. We also are watching flooding on the uh, mainstem Missouri River. And uh, if the, that is forecasted and we can do something about it, we will also adjust for that. I'm not really sure that answers the question, but I'm not sure what the question was asked. Uh, I think I think that covers what they were asking. Um, the second question is, what does this mean for long-term conditions as we head into the summer? And what this might mean for reservoir and river use of any kind of water management issues the public might encounter? And again, this is coming from the Kansas City area. So um, it may also be related to some of the uh, tributary uh, lakes in that area. <clears throat> Again, we will. Uh, we are in a water conservation mode, so we will meet the targets, which are right now, as Mike uh, mentioned, minimum service flows uh, at the uh, the various gauges. Uh, as the lower basin dries up, as it usually does in the summertime, that means there will be less water in the river. Um, from a navigation point of view, we're at minimum service, so navigators may need to load lighter in order to get through uh, some of the shallow areas. 
and there may be some recreational impacts as boat ramps and marinas may be uh, having access issues. Okay. In Thanks, the lower John. Thank you. Okay, so now I'm going to go in alphabetical order by state. We'll start with the state of Iowa. And again, star six to come off mute. Kansas. Missouri. Montana. Nebraska. North Dakota. South Dakota. At least Trubinger with South Dakota Public Broadcasting. Go ahead. Um, I was just uh, wondering if I could get a quick quote from John, you know, when it comes to other maybe kind of La Nina years, how does this one sort of uh, kind of shake out when it comes to water management up in this area? <clears throat> well, uh, you know, I don't really have an answer to the La Nina part of that. Uh, we are, you know, following our guidance in the, the master manual and right now, uh, compared to other droughts, so we're uh, we're kind of on par right now with where we were during the last extended drought from 2000 to 2007. So um, we're this we're not in what I would call uncharted territory here, but I'm not really sure how La Nina. I can't really answer that part of that question. Sure, thank you. I'll I mean, I'll chime in just for a second. This is Doug Cluck from NOAA. Um, so. La Nina's and even neutral years, which are not El Nino. Um, with those those two year those two types of um, atmos atmospheres, if you will, and oceans, as far as that goes, uh, sort of lend themselves to are, are sort of similar sometimes in terms of how they may affect the Missouri Basin. The problem with El Nino, La Nina, and what we call neutral in the Missouri basin. And there's been several studies about this is that unless you're at some of the higher peaks in the West, the relationship is pretty small. So I know I, I said a lot about La Nina and things we can expect, uh, or we, we hope we can forecast based upon La Nina or El Nino. And I know people have their feelings about one way or the other, but when you crunch the numbers and look at it closely, um, we generally see that the best relationships are in the higher elevations of, um, let's say, northern Colorado to, uh, to Canada. And the relationships between La Nina, El Nino, and neutral are much less. And so we can have drought and we can have um, you know, massive flooding from a La Nina year. Generally speaking, El Ninos are uh, a little warmer and um, generally speaking, a little, uh, can, can be wetter, especially in the spring and, and, and summer. And um, 
I'm just gonna, that's really rule of thumb and very broad brush. Um, La Nina's are more, a little more unpredictable and maybe, maybe what we should say are a little more variable in terms of their swings from one end of the extreme to the other. I, I don't know if that helps at all, but, um, and, and, and if you ask me how the flows work in, in the river, I'll leave that up to the hydrologist to give you answers. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. Any other state of South Dakota? I did have one submitted from South Dakota. The question is, with lower than average hydropower available, are there minimum power levels contracted to WAPA? Or do they have to deal with what is produced and make adjustments and buy power elsewhere? Mike, can you address that, please? Eileen, could you repeat the first part of that? I missed what you said at the beginning. Yeah, it says, with the lower than average hydropower available, are there minimum power levels that were contracted to deliver to WAPA? Or do they have to deal with what is produced and make adjustments and buy power elsewhere? So, yeah, we schedule what we need water-wise, and that equates to some energy that we, uh, you know, essentially provide to Western, and they deal with whatever we give them in terms of energy generation. Okay. Um, and then next up would be, thank you, Mike. Uh, would be any questions from the state of Wyoming. And any others out there? Uh, last call for questions, star six to unmute. No, I had a few folks call me beforehand, so I just want to make sure that I got them covered before I hand it back over to John. <clears throat> thank you, John. Uh, thank you, Eileen. Uh, again, I want to thank uh, Doug Cluck and Kevin Lau for uh, helping us out on this call. I thank everyone that dialed in. Uh, we. Uh, continue to do one more of these scheduled in June, and then we will uh, uh, do them as needed for the rest of the year. Um, so I have to say thank you again and uh, stay safe. Bye. Thanks everybody. This concludes today's call.